This is Spin Control, a Fibercraft podcast by a joyful girl. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Spin Control, episode 132, Momentum. This, of course, is your host, Shiloh. In this episode, I've got a little bit of knitting, a little bit of sewing, a whole lot of spinning, a little tale for you about holiday preparations, and, of course, I'm going to put my spin on my sore experience. But we will kick this episode off with some updates. So, honestly, there hasn't been a whole lot going on here at the homestead. Since I last recorded, I've only been at home for a whole week because I was at SOAR. But what we're doing right now is trying to, I guess, get our minds wrapped around the weather change. So for some reason, where I am in Colorado, uh, we get like two weeks of fall, you know, where the leaves are pretty and, you know, the weather's in the 50s and 60s and things are mild and beautiful and that kind of stuff. And then it goes right into winter. So last week, we had a total of about 20 inches of snow. It's all melted, mind you. This is Colorado. So like 230 days a year where I live, we get sunshine. Lots and lots of sunshine. So the one day we had about, oh, did I say 20 inches? That that was like completely wrong. We had about 10 inches of snow. So the the biggest snow we had while I was out of town was a day where the boy woke up to the ground being covered with about eight inches of snow, but that's all gone. But still, the temperatures have dipped and they have not returned. You know, I wait till late in the afternoon to take the dog for a walk because, you know, I I really don't want to go out there when the sun is not shining and it's 30 degrees out. She's not a fan of it either. But when the sun comes out, And it warms up, and at least, you know, while you're walking in the sun, your clothes will warm up. We can handle that. So we're adjusting to the weather. And I think really homestead-wise and update-wise, we're just really trying to get ourselves winterized. We got some small things done in the pasture to get that ready to be covered in snow and then ready for beautiful grasses for the alpaca come spring. That's nice, and we're looking forward to that. And I'm glad that's ready. But yeah, so winterizing. That's really, (laughs) there's not a whole lot else going on. You know, I'll be doing the same kind of stuff like laying down fall fertilizer and do some overseeding and things like that to get ready for all the snow and the ground cover so that, that, hey, when, when spring comes in full force, like six months from now, (laughs) um, we'll be ready for it, right? So I have to trim back my clover garden and put down fertilizer and things like that for reference fertilizer. Most of the time in the flower beds, that means alpaca poop. It's like one of the best fertilizers for things. Yeah. And I, you know, I have this renewable resource of fertilizer out in my barn. So it's pretty fantastic and it's easy and it's not a hot fertilizer. You don't have to like compost it or anything like that to use it. You can just literally use it straight out of the barn. It's pretty nice. Yeah. Well, really, that's just about all I've got going on in updates. So I guess it's time to get this podcast started.
And now it's on to spin a tail. And I am going to tell you a little bit about holiday prep and how my family 100% completely disagrees with me when it comes to what should happen after Halloween. The stores are completely filled with Christmas stuff, but I don't want that in my house. I don't want it on my radio. I am a firm believer that Thanksgiving is a wonderful holiday about togetherness and being with family and celebrating fall harvest and the beautiful foliage and all things fall and autumn. And I love Thanksgiving. But my family would literally like to take down all the spider webs and skeletons from Halloween and start putting up Christmas decor. No, thank you. I'm not about that. So what I try to do is keep their urges at bay. It doesn't always work. Like with the holiday music, they will set my car stereo to the Christmas music station. Yes, which is already playing. And we have a whole, like, we've got like four weeks, three weeks. We've got three weeks until Thanksgiving and I'm not ready for it. But unfortunately, the boy has a little issue with seasonal depression. So I try to do everything I can to keep his spirits high. And I guess it's a little give and take. Last year, he got me a, it's an aspen tree that's lighted. So it's an indoor aspen tree that's lighted. And it's got like a million settings for light colors. And so as a compromise, anytime before Thanksgiving, I light the tree with all white lights. After we have consumed turkey and everybody is feeling nappy and watching football or whatever they do, then we can change it to other holiday appropriate colors. I like the all white lights, but until then, I do, I try to do little things and change the decor in the house to be fall appropriate and stuff like that so that he at least starts to feel a little bit of chipperness, right? So because we've already had snow this weekend, I will hang up my mitten garland that I made a couple years ago. You know, just the little tiny things change out my table centerpiece to be more fall and festive so that, you know, he can start to feel some joy around the season. This year, I think, is going to be particularly bad for him because neither of our children live with us right now. So that's very hard for him. He really, he's already starting to fret about like gift giving and celebrations and things like that because he doesn't want it to seem like, you know, the youngest left the house, itty bitty moved away to Wyoming to go to school and now the holidays don't exist. So I'm trying to do little things around the house and hopefully we can, you know, do some other fall things here in the next few weeks that help him keep his spirits high and get into the mood of the season. Like maybe there will be a hayride or, you know, or we'll go on, you know, Sunday drives to see all the leaves that are changing and falling and things like that so that we can keep a smile on his face until the turkey has been consumed and we can begin to celebrate other things through the end of the year. But yeah, That's what I'm doing for holiday preparation this year is trying to sprinkle in some joy between now and Thanksgiving day, because I'm not putting up a Christmas tree. I am not going to light the house or anything like that until Thanksgiving has been put to bed. And now it's time for spinning my wheels. I have been so very busy. 
All right, I've gotten a little bit of knitting done. I started and finished that baby sweater and I need to get that wrapped up tonight so that we can hand deliver it to the gift recipient tomorrow. It's such a cute little pattern. It's called the One Piece Baby Kimono. It was published in the original Mason Dixon knitting book. And I've, like I said, I've made that thing a million times. It's a lot of fun. It doesn't take very long at all. And it's really just quite a joy to work on. And it's super easy. It's all garter stitch and I like it a lot. And so yeah, that's finished. I finished the whole thing. The other things that I've been working on are going pretty slowly. I knit on that scarf quite a bit during transit. So it's about halfway done. That is the scarf that I am knitting out of a sock blank that was dyed in a gradient. And it's literally one action row and then a knit back row. I put all the action on the purl side to uh, make the return row a lot more, I don't know, there's a lot less purling. Actually, there's a lot less purling because I chose to do that when I was uh, creating this little scarf. So yeah, a knit back instead of a purl back row, kind of nice, love it. It's only like 40 stitches, so purling back wouldn't have been that bad, but I decided to put all the action on the purl side row, which makes it, I don't know, just a lot more peeling in my opinion. And yeah, so that's progressing pretty well. I knit exactly zero stitches on the second half that I'm working on. Yes, literally zero stitches. It's I it sat in a bag next to me before I traveled. And then after I traveled, it sits in a bag next to me, like on my spot on the couch for when I watch TV. I took it on the trip to soar, knit zero stitches. I did knit some things, just not on that hat. I believe that I'm so hesitant to work on that hat because I don't know if I'm going to be pleased with it any longer with what I have planned for it. So it's an original hat and I swatched for it. I have a plan for the crown and all this stuff, but I just don't think that I'm super happy with what I have planned anymore. I just don't think it's going to work. So I think about it all the time, right? Like how could I make this work and make this feel appealing to me? Right. So hopefully by the next time I record, I've made some progress on that hat and and I'm happy with it. Right. It may end up like the last hat where I knit three versions of it before I was actually pleased with it. And that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, shy, just finish this version of the hat. If you don't like it, you can change it once you see the finished product. Right. So I, I kind of feel like I could do that. And because it's a hat, it probably only take me a couple of days to actually finish that. So I should probably get on it. <laughs> Oh, and right now, I am sitting in a recliner recording this episode while knitting on my Weekender sweater. So, I really enjoy this. I don't know why. I mean, I didn't abandon it. I just put it down for a while because, you know, I got distracted by other things. This is like, it's like pretty perfect TV knitting. Right now, it is all stockinette stitch in the round, which is awesome. All knit stitches, and I need to knit like 15 inches, I think, before I get up to adding the arms. But this sweater is pretty fantastic. No wonder uh, so many people have made it. It was the first time I'd ever gotten to or had the opportunity to try a tubular cast on for the ribbing at the waist. And that's pretty amazing. It's such a beautiful, clean edge on that tubular cast on. It was wonderful. I really, really enjoyed it. The problem I'm having with this sweater still is that I probably should have swatched and I should probably check my gauge now but I'm 100% in denial. I have knit way too many stitches to go back on this. Maybe it will be huge. 
and I will give it to someone else. Or maybe it will be oversized and I will be able to compensate like at the length of the sleeves and still want to wear it. We'll see. I like oversized shirts, so that, that that's a total possibility. We'll see. We will see. All right, so sewing. I'm thinking about sewing. Actually, I have a project plan that I'll probably knock out this weekend. I need to make a fall table runner. I never got around to that. And, you know, the day after Thanksgiving, I'll have to put out my Christmas holiday stuff. So I have like this weekend to get a table runner made if I want to use it at all this season. So I purchased fabric online. It should get here today. Well, it's filler fabric. Most of what I'm using came out of my fabric stash. I have some like natural spun cotton muslin, but it's, I don't even know how to describe it. It's a pretty rustic looking muslin cotton fabric, but it's pretty. It's unbleached. It's beautiful. And that will make the, a really good palette for the other things I have planned for the table runner. So as soon as that fabric arrives, I will be able to work on that. And I think that's probably like half a day. Like the boys going golfing tomorrow, I feasibly could make the table runner while he is golfing. He's either going virtually golfing at some indoor place or outdoor golfing, which is preferred, which is what he prefers. But uh, it really is going to depend on the weather. We're supposed to get some more snow today. But either way, he'll be gone four or five hours. If I set my mind to it and actually focus on the project, I should be able to get that table runner done tomorrow. And it's going to have like applique fall leaf motifs on it. And I'm debating on whether or not it's just going to be flat or quilted. We'll see how that turns out. And I should have a finished project to report to you next week. All right. The only other thing that I've been doing is spinning. Like lots and lots of spinning. Like everyday spinning. Like it's sore. I spun literally every day for five days. Every day. A lot of hours every day. I didn't complete anything, but I spun a lot. One of the things that came out of my trip to SOAR was I actually have in my head some intentional spinning product projects I want to take on, which is pretty cool. I learned a lot of new techniques. I finally was able to figure a few preparation and spinning drafting methods, like after attempting to learn them three or four times on my own. So a lot of things clicked during that trip. So you'll hear a lot more. So I also spinning some punies that I made on my blending board in a handful of different colors just to see what it's like to work with what I blended. So that's pretty cool. I'm enjoying that. Yeah, so I spun a lot but finished nothing. By the time, uh, because I was gone like a whole week, the spindle project that I have in my office that I do during meetings is not done. I literally have two... Hmm, like eight more rollags to finish spinning on the spindles, which shouldn't take me very long. It was just a matter of actually getting back to it because I was gone for a week. So that'll be done next time, including the plying. So hopefully I'll have some pictures of that to share with everybody soon. That's really nice and I'm enjoying it. But yeah, so there's a ton of work going on and I hope to report next week what I've been finishing and be able to share some pictures and progress with you guys. And now I'm going to put my spin on SOAR. The Spin-Off Autumn Retreat, as you may or may not know, is an intensive four-day retreat sponsored by Spin-Off Magazine. So because it's sponsored by Spin-Off Magazine, the actual owner 
of the event have changed over the years because spinoff used to be an interweave product and now it belongs to long grid media it's held every autumn now i believe there was a hiatus for a while but it is back up and running and this was their second year tail end pandemic holding the event and the dates vary it's not set in stone like many events some events are this is going to be the second week of blah 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 every year it varies i believe between september and october depending on the venue they choose and and those sorts of things and i've been trying to go for a few years and i am very very happy that i actually pulled it off this year and i'm so pleased i couldn't be happier with the time i spent at soar soar is many many things i'm gonna try to encapsulate why i was so pleased with the event in you know just five to six minutes or so so i can share my opinion soar was immersive it was six to eight hours each day of spinning classes and because it's a retreat we all dined together we hung out after hours together we saw each other you know at every meal in between classes and all those things so essentially when we weren't spinning we were thinking about or talking about spinning it was pretty intense and totally worth it. By the end of the first day, I could hardly be articulate. Like my brain and my body were so fatigued that yeah, I was worn out after the first day, but I adjusted. And you know, the remaining three days of classes, I just really had a good time. I had a a good time the first time. It just really, really wore me out. I found that one of the most commendable parts of this event is that the instructors were able to meet spinners where they were. And I think everybody got something out of the course material because of the way that the instructors were able to approach Asian spinners. The classes were small enough that there was, you know, time for a little hands-on one-on-one stuff. And so I would consider myself an intermediate spinner. So I'm right in the middle of the experience level of the individuals that were at the event. So there were some real beginners. And I think that as long as you can spin like a stable single and do basic drafting, you can get something massive out of an event like this. On the other end of the spectrum, if you're an advanced spinner, the way that the instructors manage their classes, you can also get something massive out of this experience. It was just really great. And I think that was like one of the best parts. They had a variety of classes, everything from fiber prep to dyeing to tapestry weaving with hand spun yarn and really any spinner can select classes to make a truly tailored event for themselves it was great there was a lot of variety and it was wonderful i learned so very much while i was there and i feel like those around me like one of the girls that was in the class in all of my classes with me, like we had the exact same schedule, which there was only one other person that had the exact same schedule I did. Her name was Alice. She was a pretty beginning spinner, but she really learned a lot. We learned a lot together. There were things I knew, things she knew, things she didn't know that we all just shared so much and became fast friends. Met a lot of amazing people I would have never had contact with otherwise. And it was just an overall wonderful event. I also felt that SOAR was inclusive. So from my observation, there were a variety of people from many different backgrounds, races, ethnicities, genders, gender identities, sexual orientations, persons with disabilities, 
and we were all met on level ground in this environment. It was pretty wonderful. The same, I think, is true for the variety of spinners with different levels of experience with SOAR. I mean, there were people at the event who'd been to the first SOAR. And on the other end of the spectrum, many of us were at our first SOAR. I mean, there were people who'd been there, you know, 20 plus years. And it didn't seem like there was any disparity between the groups. We all mixed and mingled at meals. We hung out. There didn't seem to be like an exclusive experienced SOAR attendees click or group that spun off. It was great. It was just really a wonderful experience and I learned a ton. I don't think that I had the ability to completely articulate all the details about the different classes and the different instructors and all those sorts of things in this venue. But what I am doing is I'm actually drafting up a four-part blog post series. One is kind of an overview of the event. And then three are going to be about the specific instructors that I had the chance to have classes with. And I think that'll be a better place for me to talk about those level of details. But overall, SOAR was life-changing. I had a wonderful time. And if you get the opportunity to attend SOAR, you 100% should. I'm not sure if I'll be able to go back next year. It really is going to depend on where the dates fall on the calendar. But I hope that that is in the cards for me next autumn. And that is my spin on the Spinoff Autumn Retreat. Well, it looks like it is time to spin off this episode of Spin Control. Thank you all for joining me. Plans for the future. You know, I've got some sewing plans in the works. And as far as spinning goes, as Megan said, SOAR is life-changing. I have a huge list of things I want to accomplish now with all of the new stuff that I've learned and all of the new confidence I have gained in my spinning ability. But now it's going to be up to me to keep that momentum going. So one of the first things I'm going to do to keep that momentum going is inventory my fleeces. I have a list in my phone of the uh, fleeces I believe I own. But for some reason, that inventory doesn't include Merino. And I know that I own Merino. <laughs> so I'm going to inventory all my fleeces outside of the alpaca fleeces. We're not talking about those at this moment. Inventory all my wool fleeces. See what I've got figure out what's clean and what's dirty, and decide what I'm going to tackle next from start to finish. I would like to make a worsted weight yarn for a rustic sweater out of a fleece I have processed and spun myself. So I'm going to inventory my fleece, select the fleece that I believe will be perfect for this adventure, and I'm going to dive right in. And it's going to be amazing. I also have to Finish a languishing spinning project. Not one I've mentioned in a while. I totally forgot. I was gifted some, I'm pretty sure it's camel and silk. I don't know. But I need to spin it and get it off of my sequoia wheel. Because when it comes to this upcoming Thanksgiving holiday, my friend Tanya's coming into town. She'll be here for a week. And the day after Thanksgiving, I'm going to gift that spinning wheel to her. For Christmas. She does not know that yet. And thankfully she's driving in. So she'll actually be able to get the wheel home with her. Uh So um, yeah. So I better finish that project in the next like two weeks. So that I can gift that to her after Thanksgiving. Right? Well so that means I have three weeks to finish the spinning. And get it off of that wheel. 
I started the project on that wheel. I know I could finish it on another wheel, but it's kind of what I wanted to do. I bought that wheel. I just do not like it as much as I like all of my Luettes. Yeah, those are some big plans I've got in the works, and I can't wait to tell you about how all of that turns out. All right, that is all I've got in this episode. Thank you all for tuning in to all my returning listeners. Thank you for your commitment. And to all the new folks, I hope you are enjoying your time with me. And I can't wait to share all these adventures with you. As always, you can get the details about this episode and all the past episodes at spincontrolpodcast.com. You can email me at shiloh at foreverhandmade.com. You can catch me on Ravelry and on social media as Forever Handmade. Thanks again, guys. I'll talk to you soon. No.